Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Welcome to the Hollywood Casino Press Box with your hosts, Frank Cusimano and Bob Ramsey. It's the local kid, Biggie Panic! The best guests, the best insights. Oh, oh, it's deep to left. Taylor's back at the wall. It's 700. Albert Pujols has joined the 700 home run club. All backed by over 40 combined years of covering the biggest events in St. Louis sports. Cairo and Thomas. Here they come. Cairo to Thomas. He scores! That's all, folks! Blues win! Now, here are Frank Cusimano and Bob Ramsey on 590 The Fan KFNS and 590TheFan.com. Good morning and welcome. Hollywood Casino Press Box, all new 590 The Fan. Cole is here. Joe is here. I'll be here till 12. Bob Ramsey's going to check in a little bit later. Got a good one lined up for you today. Carl Reed's going to join us, talk football recruiting. He's one of our favorites. Reed Lowe talking blues hockey at 11. Charlie Gito Jr., the weekly special with Joe Fresta at 11.20. Man, does that guy do a business. And then at 11.40, the new St. Louis Sports Hall of Famer on the east side, the one and only Mike Kelly. Opening monologue brought to you by our good friends at... Worldwide Technology Raceway, and let's begin with lap one. So, as I've said in the past, and I think most would agree, the most psychotic sports fans in the United States, now I'm not counting the European soccer fans, (laughs) are college sports fans, particularly the ones at Power 5 schools. Their whole lives revolve around, can State U get this recruit? Can State U win this game? So we have a story for you. I don't know if you youngsters have heard about it yet, Joe and Cole, but this is definitely the craziest thing I've ever heard. Caden Green from Kansas City goes to Oklahoma to play for a year. He enters the portal. And part of the reason, by the way, he entered the portal, this was rumor, but I haven't got this confirmed, that that Oklahoma promised a certain amount of name, image, and likeness money for their offensive linemen and never delivered. That's why the mass mass exodus on that offensive line. But now, are you guys familiar with the story? 
I'm not. Yeah, I saw that he said, said something like, Coach Drink's the only coach okay. who... Well, let me give it to you. All right, so he enters the portal, and he comes back home to play for the state school Mizzou. The nerve of that kid, making a career change, and leaving Oklahoma for Mizzou, he should be shot. Well, his father is a state farm agent. His name is Reginald Green. Seems to have a nice business in Kansas City. Well, the Oklahoma people are so pissed off at Green leaving, they are posting on social media negative reviews about the father's business. Oh, no. They're giving him one-star reviews. And so some of these reviews have gotten on social media. And so Mr. Green had to respond last night. He said, stop it. Don't do this because my son chose to enter the transfer portal in football. You live in Texas and have never done business with my office. This is a really bad look for the Oklahoma fan base. Fan base, be better. End of the tweet. Can you believe this? The kid leaves your school. And we're going to try to kill the dad's business. I've never heard anything this, this crazy in my life. I mean, what do you think a guy like George Costanza from Seinfeld would say about this whole thing? You know, we're living in a society. We're supposed to act in a civilized way. Does she care? Oh, my goodness. Thoughts on that? 855-282-8255. Maryville University text line. The great Lonnie Folks, by the way, their athletic director, is calling it a career at the end of this year. We're going to miss him. He's one of my all-time favorites. All right. Lap two. Let's get to some recruiting. Um, And let me say this right off the bat. We do spend a lot of time talking about the St. Louis kids recently who decided to leave our state. CBC wideout Jeremiah McClellan. He flipped, by the way, from Ohio State to Oregon. Slew wideout Ryan Wingo, who did not flip from Texas and will be a Longhorn. Good luck to both these young men, both from nice families. I know the Wingos really well, known them for 20 years. But basically, we're probably done covering them. You know, enjoy Mm -hmm. the, the media in Austin, enjoy the media in Oregon. I want to give a shout-out to Jude James. He's from Francis Howe. Tough kid. Athletic as hell. And he chose the state school. He'll be on the field playing for the Tigers. He's going to have a wonderful career. So shout-out to hometown guys staying in town. Anyway, Mizzou got 20 yesterday. 11 four-stars. Tigers have never, ever done that. And they got the five-star, Williams Noweri. Now, Danny Heitert was with us yesterday, and I asked him if this is the most gifted defensive player they've ever recruited. After having seen a lot in person of Justin uh, Smith at Jeff City and Williams at 6'6", 265, runs a 4'6", Justin's a little bit faster. Uh, They were both equal at the point of attack, but everything else I'd give to Williams Wanari. Laterally movement, ability to bend and get underneath leverage and get blocks with functional strength. So, I 
not that. seen a and combo look, guy you know that plays upright in the two-point under some situations and in down in the three-point and also just kind of knock down over the guard occasionally in specialty packages. I've not seen a guy like him. This Can you imagine we're saying this about a kid that he's actually so better than the guy who's an NFL like Pro Bowler and stock quarterback? Make as much money. And, and I just again, can't get over it. What was it? Six, six, two, sixty-five, four, six. I'm not telling people. I never tell <laughs> yeah. people don't go to games. Holy because games are fun. Once uh, tank, he is ranked as high as third in, in the country. Don't halfway your ass. By the way, I think the now. Uh, the negatives, last, last or no, by the way, I won't even I say the, the negatives. Some will just say, you mean last, Mizzou's last class year. is only oh, ranked way, 23rd in the I country, the and actually 12 out of 16 in the SEC. Be so now, which is part of that all year is numbers. Way, they they really only sign 20 great because downtown. of available scholarships. They have a lot coming back. But here's the big thing. This does not account for the rankings in the portal. Basically, yesterday, Portal it's rankings like came they out. Realize if they you don't know who's number one in America? Fuck on a couple. Mizzou. Couple weeks ago. I agree. Wow. So there's also Oregon is two. Look, man. Ole Miss is three. Michigan State is four, and USC is five. And by the way, this morning, Corey Flag Jr., linebacker from the University of Miami, the U, just committed to Mizzou. So, and he started some games for them too. Um, as we know nowadays, sometimes it's just better to do well in the portal. It really is. Mm-hmm. The player is older, better, stronger, and less likely to leave and go to a third school. But it's crazy for a coach now with balancing the portal, balancing high school players, trying to get ready for a bowl game. Coach Drink had these thoughts. So Every single also, recruit I agree. asks about NIL. I, I think something that I encountered in the last 48 hours, which was a, completely new to me, was a lot of schools are now just calling within the last 48 hours of a kid signing and throwing out crazy numbers to try to get them just to sign with them uh, on signing day. And they're using, utilizing uh, you know, NIL packages as the main motivation, which is exactly what we decide, we did not want to happen. We do not want... NIL to be an inducement, but it is a factor in the recruiting process. And um, again, until we get some sort of uniformed, uh, I, I'm again, I'm a hundred percent for our student athletes earning uh, money mm-hmm. for the product that they put on the field. Again, the 12 team playoff is a one billion dollar media opportunity, and so th- these players all deserve it. They deserve and earned some piece of it. But to find some sort of uniformity to it, I think, is really going to be crucial. And Charlie Baker's got his hands full trying to figure that out for sure. Um, but it is definitely becoming more and more of a hot topic in every living room that you sit in, in every recruit that you try to recruit. Let me ask both of you this. Is Cole's mic okay now? I don't think so. Oh, it's yeah, not. Okay. Okay. Try one more time. Me? Can you guys hear me fine? No. No. Okay. no. Robotic. Sure. All right. Let's just say... You were the father of a big time, like top 50 player in the country, and you had committed to that mm-hmm. school. Let's just say it's USC. Um, would you, in the 11th hour, get two other schools involved and say, you know, we're kind of vacillating on USC? Um, this is what they've offered us. Could you go higher? Would you do that? 
I don't think I would do it. No. Yeah. I think I would if if the university or school came to me and approached me, I would consider it. But I wouldn't go out there and just send a text out to the other school saying, "Hey, if you guys want, my son's still open. If you guys got a couple more bucks, I don't. I don't think I would do that. No. Yeah. You're just whoring them out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But if you call me, I may have to. I may have to think about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, lap three. St. Louis University basketball. Do you guys ever watch games on ESPN Plus? No, not really. Yeah, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the game last night, and uh, and the problem is I can get it up on my screen on the big screen mm-hmm. but then like usually on ESPN plus it just goes away and that's where I have trouble like navigating back I'm, I'm calling Dom Dom how do I get back and he's and I put him on FaceTime and he's literally laughing at me because I'm such a mess <laughs> I'm so ticked off I'm trying to watch the game and everything so that's that's a problem you have to watch too many slew games on ESPN plus so they um they lose last night in rally, 82 to 70. Mm-hmm. I think NC State really has some good looking shooters. Man, they were knocking down threes. But some brutal numbers for SLU. One of 12 from three point range. Joe, if I put you at the three point line and you shoot 12, how many are you making? Out of 12? Oh, I'm definitely making uh, four. Four? Cole, how many just put it? Cole says three. three. I think I'd make, I'd make four or five. Um, 15 turnovers and outscored 29 to 7 during one stretch. Here's Travis Ford after the game. Yeah, obviously, we prepare. They go home for a little bit, longest break I've ever had, mm-hmm. uh, giving it a team. But then we come back, and there's a lot of stuff we've got to work on. But most important, we got to figure out rotations and figure out. All right, this is a different team than we've had from the get-go. Um, I, you know, Mike Metals tried all he could. He practiced yesterday for the first day for about 45 minutes. That's a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to ask for a freshman, Sion. You know, that's tough for those guys to go against that type pressure for 40 minutes. Very difficult. So this is a great learning lesson. A great learning lesson that, hey, um, you know, you got to take, you know, when you got a lead and you're on the road against an ultra-talented basketball team, you can't give it to them. And we gave it to them. And you give it to them based on they score 29 points off turnovers. That's good. Like, you're not going to win. That's, you're not, there's no way to be successful. Yeah, and they just wore them out. When you had that suffocating full-court pressure, you may not get them to turn it over a lot early, which they didn't for the first seven minutes of the game, no turnovers. But that stuff wears on you. That's why Patino's been so successful for so many years, just that full-court man-to-man pressure. Um, Now, I want to bring out one positive item. There was a point last night in the second half when SLU was leading against a really fine ACC team, 50-46. to And I looked out at that team, and I saw T.J. Hargrove and Tim Dalger at forward. And we know how solid Hargrove is almost every game. And Dalger is a baller. That guy works hard. And he's got talent. He's long, and he can post up. He's a good player. And then I saw Brad Ezzawiro at center, and Gibson Jimerson at one guard spot, and Mike Meadows at the other. And I thought... This was a squad with some grown men. That's four seniors and a junior. And they're all pretty good players. And you bring Sincere Parker back into that mix, that's six pretty good players. It really is. And I think there's a decent chance that Parker's going to be ready January 3rd for the Loyola game. Now, a couple things on Ezawiro. I can't remember, and maybe some of our older fans can, ever 
the Billikens having a guy 6'9 or bigger who's this much of a force? I guess it says more about Slew not having really good big men over the years, but the point is he had 17 points in 18 minutes in game one, and last night he had 18 points in 25 minutes. Now, here's my other thought. This is the negative one. Joe, what if this six foot nine, 265 pounder plays like this the rest of the year and gets 18 points and 10 rebounds every game? Do you know how rare that is in college basketball, by the way, to go 18 and 10? But I, I got to tell you, this is what scares me. In this crazy world of the portal, what is going to keep some powerhouse Big Five school from stealing them? I mean, they can pay them more. They can offer a better conference. They can offer them a better chance to get to the NCAA tournament. That's how crazy this is. That SLU is... Has, has got this kid in good playing shape, offered him all this playing time. He's never going to leave the floor unless he's too tired. And yet, they're showcasing him maybe for another school. It's like taking a beautiful woman to a party with lots of successful men. I mean, you're putting her on display, and some guy that has you beat in every aspect of life just <laughs> takes her. That's what happened to me when I was dating Selma Hayek in the 80s. Oh. Some guy just moved in and he had just had everything over me. I don't know. All right, uh, lap four. Uh, quick NFL thoughts. The two most intriguing stories from here till the end of the season that really aren't on the field related will be the Bears and what they do with the pick mm-hmm. and Bill Belichick. I think Justin Fields is going to be a starting quarterback in this league for a long time. I think he could improve seven or eight teams. But with that said, if you're the Bears, you have to trade him. Caleb Williams has more arm talent. He throws a better ball. But here's the big thing. He's going to be on a rookie contract for four years. So you can surround him. And the Bears have actually done a pretty good job defensively. they got a wide receiver now. The offensive line's getting better. Man, you have him on that rookie contract, like with the 49ers, you can afford expensive players, and then you get a second-round pick for Fields, and then you also have your own pick, which is also going to be relatively early in the first round. I mean, you got to talk about building your roster, and that's the best way to build it, to trade Fields, to draft a more talented quarterback. Don't you think? You have a, I think that's the way to go. I like Justin Fields. I think you keep Fields if, because you have DJ Moore, and like you said, the defense is solid. So I think if you can trade back and then you still have two first-round picks, you could possibly get Marvin Harrison Jr. and then an offensive lineman. And I think that you put those weapons around Justin Fields, and I think it looks a little bit different. But you go, you have to pay Fields. Eventually, yeah. But can't I mean, you even give him a, maybe one more year yeah. on this contract. But can't you give him a uh, Daniel Jones type deal? It's not like you're going to twenty five million. Yeah, you're not going to break the bank until he proves something, right? Yeah. As much as I like him, and bo- right. I do think he's a wonderful athlete. I think Caleb Williams but, just throws a better. Ball. You're right, but if you're the GM and you're the head coaches in that situation, maybe if you get a new quarterback, you're saving your also your job too. You're giving yourself a couple more years of a job also. Yeah. Because a rookie quarterback can save your job. Okay, then the Belichick story. You have to part ways, and I think the way you do it is don't fire him, but trade him. Get a pick in return. 
If you haven't heard lately, he's 82 and 98 without Tom Brady, and there's no hope at all for this Patriots team. Okay, one more NFL item. Uh, The name Tyreek Hill is on my mind a lot. Now, one of the reasons is I'm playing against him in the playoffs. He's been injured, may not play. Mm -hmm. Take another week, Tyreek. (laughs) But I'm trying to read everything possible about his health last night, okay? And then all of a sudden, this story pops out. You're probably familiar with it. Have you heard about this? Which one? Okay. There's always something with Tyreek. (laughs) He has his third child this year with three different women. Two of the women have filed paternity suits, according to this report. And oh, by the way, he just got married a couple of weeks ago. And according to this report, he has seven children with I don't know how many different women. Now, I know, you know, there were some jokes about this after this story came out on Twitter and other outlets. Oh, you know, because his nickname is the Cheetah, how the Cheetah should have pulled out, you know. The Cheetah's not that quick, you know, all this stuff. But I got to tell you, and, and you know what? He may end up being a great father, and he may end up visiting the homes mm-hmm. of five or six of them where his kids are living, and everything's great. He may be the exception to the rule. And just, hey, I got seven kids, and they're at five different homes, but I'm going to, each day of the week, I'm going to go visit that child and spend some quality father-son time. No. No chance. And you know, here's the thing. I don't mean to get too serious, but the biggest problem I think in America now is not inflation, is not the border, is not the toxic environment in politics, and not where one presidential candidate may end up in jail and another one, we don't know if he knows what day it is. But the biggest problem in America today is the decay of the family. Mm-hmm. 18 million kids are now growing up without a father. You want to make this a better country? It starts at home. And I don't think Tyreek Hill is helping the cause with this report. All right, uh, lap five. You and I were talking about this earlier, Joe, uh, the Caitlin Clark story. And oh, she yeah. did an interview with Mike Krzyzewski, Sirius Radio, where she is seriously considering coming back to Iowa. And I think, you know, a lot of people think, wait a minute, how could you go back? You're going to be the first pick in the NBA draft. Well, the first pick in the NBA draft makes about 325000 Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So we think, and no one knows for sure because we're not looking at her bank account, that she's close to $3 million mm-hmm. this year. So do you want to make maybe like double the income? Let's just be conservative and say double the income. Play in front of twice the amount of people. Tell me about the game the other yeah, night. Yeah, the last game against, I think it was Charleston State, 14,000 fans. Yeah. WNBA draws about seven. <laughs> now, of course, if she's there, the tenants would go up. Yes. But it'd be, be one of the rare cases where it's one thing for some of these bigs, like Shibway, who wasn't going to be a really good NBA player, to go back to Kentucky and make more money. But this is the number one pick in the draft. And she... Is, may may go back to school. The only thing I can think of that's similar is Bill Walton. Remember when we had Walton on? Oh, yeah. And he tells the story of how um, he won the national championship here in St. Louis, 21-22 against Memphis, 44 points. And he's in a hotel room after the game, and the ABA owners are in there with, like, literally cases full of money. And they tell him, this is what happens if you... Go to the uh, ABA. 
Do you want to go to UCLA? And this is, he's making no money right. at all at UCLA, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> and, but, and he decided to go back to UCLA. All right. Uh, lap six. Stream of Khan. So I was off yesterday, and um, one of my duties from Monique was to get Reggie to Kennelwood for grooming and a haircut. He gets these once every, you know, three months because he gets a little matted. But I have to tell you, I would rather spend time at Kennelwood than almost any place in the world. They have the most beautiful dogs there. And it's like the League of Nations early in the morning because they have that AstroTurf field and there's like 30 different breeds and they just walk. I sat out there for 15 minutes just watching them interact. All these dogs are so sweet, so beautiful. I'm telling you, I want to be a dog walker. I spent more time with this dog named Zeus yesterday and then there was a big German Shepherd. It's just the coolest place. Let me tell you one quick story about Reggie is that he knows who's the disciplinarian in the family. Do you know who the disciplinarian in our family would be, Monique or me? Monique. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So last night, about 2 a.m., Reggie had an accident. And I was asleep, didn't know. But I did notice that he, you know, he walked away at 2 o'clock and then he came back in bed and normally he's in the middle and he just clung to me like I was the last person on earth. And then all morning long, he just would not leave me. And he normally goes with Monique in the morning because she's out of bed early. And he was afraid of being around her. <laughs> now, that's pretty smart. Yeah, it is. Because he knows that he's going to face the wrath of Monique. And if he hangs with me, you know, it's all right, Reg. You have an accent. It's no big deal. All right. <laughs> a couple other quick ones. This is for our listening audience. Uh, most pressing question right now is who do I play in fantasy? Derrick Henry coming off the worst game of his life or Chris Godwin coming off the best game of his season? I think the pissed off factor will help. I'm going to go with uh, with Derrick Henry. All right. Those are some of my thoughts. Let's hear some of yours. Bob has just popped into the studio. Thanks for getting up early and still being a part of the program. How are you, sir? Good. Just uh, 4.15. 4.15. Wake up Central time. Wow. Did Earl wake up that early too? Everybody did. Oh, some of the team got up earlier, got up like at 2.30, because catch flights, everybody went home for Christmas. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. So it wasn't the chart. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, everybody went home from Christmas from Raleigh-Durham, and uh, so everybody everybody scatters for four or five days. Did they back uh, practicing 26? I think it's the 26th. Yeah. There's nothing worse than that, too. I mean, I, we had some... I know maybe it wasn't Christmas Day practices, but the 26th, you know, come back. The last thing you want to do, nobody's on campus, you're, and they're running, working you, because there's no 20-hour rule. Not that any abides, anybody abides by that anyway, but. Yeah, and the, but the coaches know they got to get you going because you've been eating like crap for five days. Yeah, right. they're just running right. And you, you, they got to get you back going again. God. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was a quick trip to Raleigh-Durham and back. Uh, so what was your takeaway? Uh, the game was eerily similar to Drake the victory no the victory uh, uh, well actually Drake sort of fits too but Saturday in the victory over Louisiana Tech you get a lead you're in control you play a nearly perfect first half and then uh, a rash of turnovers then you can't sustain you can't yeah. score some differences you shot threes in that game and you shot some threes against Drake but uh, so you didn't get that done. Shot fifty percent from the floor, out rebounded 
uh, uh, North Carolina State. Uh, she did some really good things. Some of the factors, though, 18 turnovers. I think the number was, did I keep the box? Points score? off a turnover? I think it was 28 20, to 2. 29. 29 to 20, 2. Yeah. I mean, that's you can't win. Yeah. You can't win unless you get a miracle. And TJ was out of miracles. He used his up for the yeah. week. Boy, they shot it really well, didn't they? They had some shooters. NC State. Oh, second half, not the first half. Yeah. First half, they were t- they were guarded. But, boy, they hit some threes. Man. Well, you think that's an NCAA tournament team? Probably borderline. Yeah. Turnover three, turnover three, turnover two. And suddenly, so, you know, let's opportunity for at least six points, and they get 11 at the same time, and you pass up on those. It's just it's hard to do it. And so um, maintaining whatever you were doing right in the first half against a given opponent and then not being able to hold on to it late, that's, that's a trend that has to change. Travis talked about it in the postgame show, and he knows that's something they must work on and must be dedicated to giving 40 minutes, not 36, not 34, not 30, but 40. Uh, final thought, as a Wiro, with your history of covering the Billikens, I can't remember anybody at 6'9 or bigger that good. Who am I missing? I mean, Melvin Robinson was probably no way. He got the big chill. He was he was good, but ultimately inconsistent. Um, Then you had you know you got Evan Peterson and Jeff Harris. You know, six nine or above though. Right, right. No, I'm just trying to go through going through the centers. You know, you had Chris Heinrich, but not as good. No. Uh, Rob Lowe, a different kind of player, seven feet, but a stretch five. Good player. So uh, a, a very different kind of player, a winning player. This guy kind of stands out on his own. A bigger Hassan French. Remember, I told you that. Yeah, definitely. A bigger Hassan French with better touch. Will the defense be there? That's the only question. So far, so good. Awesome. All right, we'll take a short time out. Our friend Carl Reed when we come back. 